Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And welcome back everybody as we continue our journey through Spooky Month. So we have some more horror games for you guys and it just ha- so happened to coincide with Next Fest as well. So we grabbed some of those demos to check them out and see what new style horror games are coming out for everyone to check out. And uh, some of them are very interesting. There's a lot of different styles out there. It was a little tricky to actually find horror games specifically, which I'm surprised, right? It's Next Fest, it's October. You feel like that should have been on the forefront or at least maybe the theme for this Next Fest, right? Like, yeah. it's just it just fits. But no, you had to kind of dig through and find these horror games. And if you look in the horror category, a lot of the games that were listed weren't actually horror games. So that was pretty interesting. But what we did notice is that there are some very interesting games out there as far as artistic style. There's a lot of them that are really kind of pushing the boundaries. There's some very, you know, polished looking classic or AAA almost looking games. Or there's some ones that are paying homage to classics like the Game Boy which is pretty cool to see the variety that is actually out there and to see what kind of titles people are making. But why don't we jump right into Spooky Month with these games that we have to frighten you, to scare you, to, you know, keep you up in the middle of the night. And maybe you'll find your new favorite thing to do. But why don't you kick us off with a great little spooky game there, Chris? So this game, I wouldn't say it's, too spooky i mean i guess there's times where i did jump because of a loud noise but um this game randomly got big uh not too long ago Uh, i was seeing it everywhere and it at first when i heard it i'm like this sounds kind of lame (laughs) it's a good start but i was like i want to check it out no because well i mean i guess most people think this sounds cool but i was like this sounds like it's gonna be boring Mm -hmm. but the game is called killer frequency okay and what you are, it's a first-person game uh, with some puzzle stuff in there. But the puzzles are simple. Like, that's one thing I love is when puzzles are simple in a horror game. Mm. Because when you're, like, stressed out already, and then you have to do some crazy, stupid puzzle, like, I love puzzles. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes horror games have such convoluted puzzles that it just pisses me off. Or the Resident Evil games where you have to find the weird puzzle or like the statue pieces in one side of the mansion to bring it back to the other side. And there's just a bunch of backtracking throughout the whole game. Yeah. Like I hate backtracking too. Like I love Silent Hill, at least two, where you can change the difficulty of puzzles and it's separate from say combat. Mm, Yeah. It's nice because it just makes the game a lot. It makes it flow better. But uh, anyway, so with this game, you are a radio DJ. Uh, you get brought into this town. You are, I guess you're a famous DJ from where you are. And this is like small town, like rural America, right? And it's set in 1987. So it has a soundtrack like that era, right? It's got a little bit of hair metal, mostly like synth wave, like, you know, those kind of vibes, like, Music that didn't, well, I guess Synthwave didn't really exist in the 80s, but I mean that sound existed. And that's what this game has. So while you're spinning up a, a, well, I was going to say a disc, a vinyl, (laughs) you get these calls. 
And so there's a legend of the whistling man who comes about, I think every year and creates terror for this town. Mm. Uh, There was a tragic event that happened like a long time ago. And ever since then, this whistling man has been on the prowl. Well, it happens with this. And basically you get a call from the the first person that calls you is a police officer saying like, Oh, we've been wounded. Uh, The whistling man's here and we need your help. So basically what happens, the 911 line becomes your phone line. uh, Cause the only cop in the town is going to the town next, you know, the next town over to get reinforcements. So your job is basically to help people survive when they call in. Mm. And this is actually a lot cooler than it sounds because there's a lot of dialogue choices and it's pretty easy to, to screw up and have them die. Like I think out of all the people that you can save, I think there's at least 10 people you can save. I think only two or three died on me. And yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's, it's not difficult. You just got to kind of pay attention. Like I said, the puzzles are pretty easy. You just kind of have to look over them. And the nice thing is on your DJ stand, um, like one of the puzzles has you looking at a map and you have to guide this kid through a corn maze and you hear a chainsaw on the back. And it's like, it's such a weird concept because it's like, why is this dude like this dude's in a corn maze? He's calling you for help. Right. With, and you have a from... map randomly yeah. because one of your coworkers wanted to go to this maze, but they never did. So they had it on their desk. And so you're guiding him. And basically the only way you know where he is in this map is like, oh, I see this giant duck statue. So you look at the map and it's like, oh, here's the statue. You got to do a left. And it was really cool because it was kind of stressful. Right, because sometimes these dialogue choices have like a time limit on them. Mm. So it was actually really fun. I was like, "This is cool," and you're not stuck in your little DJ booth. Like you leave your little office to find clues for some of these puzzles, as well as kind of learn more about the area. And I think the pacing is really well done. It's, you know, it's basically the same thing where, you know, you get a caller, you help them out, and then it's like, we're putting on this track to be like a, like, in the middle of the next call kind of thing. And I thought it was really well done. Like, this game surprised me. Uh, I remember the reason why I was, like, kind of, like, talking down about it in the beginning was I was seeing a lot of, like, influencers playing this game, kind of talking about it, and I was like, is this going to be one of those like hyped up games for like a week and then everyone falls off of it because you know, it's, is it a game catered to like a YouTuber? But right. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not like a five nights at Freddy's. It's not like that. Like there's not really any jump scares. It's more so it's like it, it feels like it would be from a movie in the eighties. Like it's kind of campy, but not, and it just works. Like I actually ended up really liking this. Like I, I wouldn't say it's in my top 10 of the year, but it's surprisingly up there because it's so original and 
I think anyone that's a fan of like, you know, 80s stuff and this kind of like being in a radio room Mm -hmm. is just really cool. And the music's pretty nice. Like there's records you can find. There's uh, cassettes you can find. And it, it plays well together. And I like that some of the people you save or fail to save affects other people uh, that you can save. And the characters all had cool personalities and you know, it, the dialogue wasn't too bad. Like it really, your character really does sound like he would be like a DJ, Mm -hmm. which was pretty cool. But I don't know. I really like the concept because you know, who would have thought like, Oh, we're going to be a radio station taking in calls as like an emergency service, but it works. I I really liked it. I basically played through it in almost a full day. Like, I think I beat it within two days, but it's not that long of a game. That The only mm-hmm. thing I could see people maybe complaining about is that it's kind of short. Because it's like 25 bucks, and it's like maybe six hours long. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it felt like the perfect length. I feel like if it would have went on any longer... I probably would have gotten tired of it because I felt like the way the story builds up with the characters just works. Mm-hmm. It's weird. The pacing of actually learning the story of the whistling man and the town, they did a really good job with it. And I think that's what sucked me in because I was not expecting that. But this is a definite recommend for anyone like if any of this sounded interesting to anybody, like check it out. It's really original, which I like. You don't really see that much. Like you said, with like a radio DJ being a part of the whole general, right? That the, there's only one movie that I can even think of that I've seen that had a radio DJ as like the focus of things, but that would be a very interesting and, kind of terrifying place to be at right if there's an event going on you're stuck in the booth and then you're only getting fed information every once in a while if someone can get a call out right there there's a movie from 2009 called dead air uh which there's a zombie outbreak and he's a radio dj right like and they kind of just have to deal with it from within inside the radio station so like they're slowly trying to get information from callers and like figure out what they're supposed to be doing. Like it's it's actually very interesting, uh, whenever it comes down to it. So it's a it's a cool concept because you know you definitely get the idea of being out of the loop, right? And the that it really plays up the whole sense of the unknown and maybe your moral obligation as a radio DJ to stay where you're at to keep giving people information, but the you know infection or the the murderer can be right outside your door right you don't know so yeah i I like that idea a lot it's a cool concept for sure i want to watch dead air again i haven't seen that in a while yeah i was thinking of a movie that had that because i feel like one of the texas chainsaws uh had that where like he ends up at a radio station for like 10 minutes of the movie but dead air, I, I remember that. Yeah, that was a fun one. <laughs> All right. Well, 
to continue on with like a little bit of the cutesy horror games from last week, uh, this one, I mean, I wouldn't really classify it as a horror game. I would say it's definitely creepy. It has very much a Tim Burton style vibe to it. Uh, and that is Lost in Random. Uh, this game mm. is gorgeous to look at. I mean, the visuals of it are so amazing. It's almost like like stop motion, but or like puppetry meets claymation, 3D. Like it's it's just a very interesting style. It's it's almost like 3D Coraline, right? Or like an animated Coraline. It has that same vibe to it. The characters all very much look like they're from that same realm. Um, but the story behind it is actually very interesting. Uh, so you play as even, right? So the, you're, there's two sisters, even and odd. And everything in this game is based off of dice rolls, card games, uh, chess pieces. Like everything has that aesthetic to it where you're even fighting the queen. The queen is the main big bad in this in this game itself. So the queen comes out and takes Odd away. So even has to go on an epic quest to go save her sister. Right. So that's kind of like a, a fun way to get everything going or at least get the ball rolling or the dice rolling as this game would do. <laughs> so you actually pick up a dice companion. It's a little dice block that actually walks around. It has one eye in the one, you know, the one side of the dice, which is adorable, kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but as you're going, there's like some heavy combat in this game. Where mm. you can go and hit enemies and you start collecting dice energy. Uh, you then use that dice energy to play cards that you have. Uh, and the cards basically just give you different types of weapons or abilities within combat itself. So you want to find the cards to get new abilities, new weapons. Like one of the weapons would be a giant mace, right? So the dice energy molds itself into that shape. Or you can have a strong bow and arrow, those kind of things for ranged attacks. Uh, depending on how you play, you can cater the style to that. So it's a there's a lot of variety to this game, uh, and which I really enjoy. Uh, there's just a lot of really interesting characters to look at, uh, and the scenery itself is just very very gorgeous. I mean, it, for some people, you could say it's it might become a little bleak because the colors are very same same right it becomes very muted and uh and all that but the way that they use their highlight colors are is so like spot on perfect where you can be in a very drab area where everything is like the, a different shade of the same kind of blue but then it will have this nice highlight in the hair of your character has like a little reddish pink tone which really just kind of helps set off everything and just give like a very beautiful aesthetic to this game. And I know we're talking about horror games and I'm talking about the beauty of it, but the way that the game is actually presented to the player, it's very gorgeous to look at. And it was a lot of fun to play. It's actually on Game Pass right now too. So if you want to play it for free, you can check it out that way. Uh, but I definitely say it's a good one to pick up and it fits right in with the spooky season for sure, uh, especially with it being so Tim Burton-esque in the way that their characters look. Yeah, I've had my eye on this game for a while just because the idea of it sounded really interesting. And I know that I remember before this game, their other title, uh, developer Zoink, it looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, their first game is Fee or Faye, uh, F-E. And I always remember seeing oh, this yeah. cover 
when I looked at Game Pass or even on Steam, and I'm like, what is this? And it always looked really pretty. Like, it looked like an Ori in the Blind Forest kind of look to it, but a little mm-hmm. more stylized, but I never touched it. And then when Lost and Random came about, I was like, ooh, I should check this out. And, you know, regretfully, I still haven't because there's just so much out there. But I really like the look of this game a lot because it does, like you said, looks like Coraline, but in a game form and perfected. Like, it's honestly really insane how well it looks. Yeah. And it, it runs great, too, for being a game that looks that good. It runs really, really smooth. I was playing it on a laptop, and it was running just fine. So it's it's a, it's definitely a good one to check out. I, I would really recommend this one. I haven't played, like, a lot, a lot of it, but what I have played of it, I, I love it already. I think it's going to be a fun one. I just keep getting sucked back into Boulder's Gate. I feel like I need to finish Boulder's Gate, and then I can really enjoy another game. <laughs> yeah, you might as well at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm in Act 3, so I might as well finish it up. Nice thing about Lost and Random, too, is it seems like it's kind of short. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's a long game. So, And I'm happy that it's not a long one, because I feel like this could definitely overstay its welcome, right? Especially games that are that charming. Uh, After a while, I feel like maybe the story can just kind of drag on a little bit. That's how I feel about some, like, animated films, too. When it, like an animated film knows how long it should be, right? They're usually shorter, mm-hmm. and if it's just any longer than that, then it's kind of like, all right, man, I get it, right? Like <laughs> now we're just kind of adding things just to add it. So that, I feel like this studio knows what they're doing by just telling the story, putting it out there in front of you, and just kind of be done. Like there you go, right? This is it. There's no extra fluff. It's just here's the game, but there are some really interesting characters to interact with. That will help you sometimes, some that will actually help hurt you that you interact with in the towns and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool because everything's randomized, right? And the fact that everything is based off of cards, dice, games in general, it's just a nice little touch. It almost plays into that like imagination side of things. Like this is all happening in the kid's mind kind of deal. It's wild too to think like this was published by EA and that's yeah, weird. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing is that like EA Originals is what they call a lot of their single player games are really damn good. Mm-hmm. But no one talks about them, right? Like when well, everyone thinks EA, EA, that's the sad thing. Yeah, like the only single player game that really like people were praising EA about recently was, you know, the Star Wars games and you know, a Titanfall coming back. People have been praising that, but it's like I mean, it takes two Mm -hmm. a way out like all of those games are fantastic you have the unravel titles uh see a solitude i'm actually looking at my yarny i made yarny from unraveled i actually made him (laughs) are those games good because i've been eyeing them to play i like them a lot i i really enjoy those ones a lot the especially unravel 2 if you're looking for a co-op experience it's yeah yeah it's really really cool Okay, I might have to check that out. Yeah, I made a little yarny, got some metal, wrapped him up in yarn, got him all set up, and he's, you know, hanging out with our little plants right here. Oh. And the metal, I can bend it and articulate it, so he's like, I have him, whenever I first made him, I would put him in different places, <laughs> like around the mm. apartment, 
So it'd be like hanging off of a picture frame or like hiding behind some books or things like that, right? So it was, it was fun. It's a fun little guy. That's cute. To continue off of the cuteness, um, mm-hmm. I played. I played this one maybe a little bit further back, but it reminds me of a because it's kind of hard to find cutesy kind of spooky games, right? Scary it, games. That was a definite challenge. It's yeah, they exist, but a lot of them are like very very small games, right? Like Itchio has a couple, but they're like. 30 minute games, right? Like it's, it's hard to be like, Oh yeah, there's a lot to this where we can talk about it. And, you know, I don't want to say like costume quest. Cause even though it's Halloween themed, it's not scary, right? It's mm-hmm. cute. But for me, a game that really summarizes this feeling really well was a uh, Amanda, the adventurer. Mm. And I remember when this game came out a few months ago, like, I remember seeing a lot of people stream this game and I inst once I saw it, I was like, I I need this game. Like it's, it's my kind of interest. Like I really like like creepy, like when it plays on like nostalgia, but like in this way, I like it. Right. Like a Mm -hmm. lot of people say they feel the way about like five nights at Freddy's and a lot of those mascot horror games, but and the Man of Adventure, I like it because basically it's kind of like, it's hard to describe and say like it's like Dora the Explorer because it's not, but it kind of is. But it's a girl and a sheep. Uh, Amanda's the girl, Wooly is the sheep. And you are in this attic for some weird reason, and you find some VHS tapes about this show, Amanda the Adventure. And, you know, it's it starts off lighthearted, right? Like really cute, goofy. Like this game is really funny. Like there's a lot of comedy in this. Um, cause it, it does feel like you're watching a kid's show, like obviously really bad animation, but it, it fits the vibe, right? You're in the attic on a C- CRT and God, the, the atmosphere in this game is just damn cool. But how, even though they may look very, very cute, it gets really creepy and surprisingly it gets creepy pretty fast. Um, I know I was complaining about puzzles earlier. This game has quite a lot of puzzles, but they feel very in the moment. Mm. Like it, they make sense. Right. And the one thing that I got confused about in this game for a while is that some of the, parts that you have to advance you have to watch the vhs tapes in a certain order um because it does feel it feels like a a found footage kind of game because Mm -hmm. the way the vhs tapes look but you know without spoiling anything like to get an idea of like why it would be creepy is like they're on a farm right Mm -hmm. and they can be like oh Look at the cute cows. What do the cows say? Let's go see them. And while they're there, like quickly, there's like an edit in the the VHS where like the whole screen's bloody and like, you know, Amanda has like a knife or something like that. And then it switches back to like, 
that was so much fun at the farm. Let's go see the sheep. And then you see Wooly like have this expression, like, why are these sheep different than me? You know, right. like it, I it, actually it really, the, really like the duck this. hunt game. Did you ever check that one out? Duck hunt. Yeah. Like the old game. No, they made like a duck hunt horror game where it's basically that like you're a kid and you're playing duck hunt. But then, like, the duck hunt dog starts coming out to, like, basically kill you. And then you end up fighting, like, the duck hunt dog and, it, like, ends up murdering your mom and all this stuff. Like, what it's, the fuck? It's a brutal game. But, yeah, it's it's definitely one of those I think that you would absolutely love. I'll have to check that out. Because yeah. I, I love how, like, well, I don't love because it's kind of sad. But, like, things get really twisted with Wooly in this game. Mm-hmm. Your cute little sheep friend. But I'll have to find that duck hunt game. Oh, that that's what does duck sound season. Like my... Yeah. Duck season. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those I could see you playing this like crazy. It, it's yeah. It's a, it's a weird one for sure. I mean, graphically, it actually looks really good. And it was really well designed and well created. And like, you're just a bratty kid. And it's straight up from the 90s, right? Like... You have your action figures behind you that you're playing, and then eventually you kind of grab a real gun, and it gets really creepy and a little disturbing, actually, where there's like certain shots where you're playing the game, and the TV will flash, and it's you playing the game from outside the window, right? Like somebody's watching you and that kind of stuff, and it just becomes like this weird, like psychological, like creepy thing it's really cool this does look cool i'm like how did i never hear about this i'm surprised yeah this is definitely one that i could see being right up your alley hell yeah i want to check this out and the epic fight at the end with the duck hunt dog is pretty pretty insane actually oh god yeah it's a good one So the next game that I played uh, was it's featured on Nexus right now. It's called Hollow Cocoon. So this one grabbed me instantly from the visuals itself. This game looks gorgeous. So it even in the description of the game, it really prides itself on the meticulously recreated environments of 1980s Japan. And at first I was like, okay, yeah, like everybody can claim that. Right. But this game might be kind of like a smaller one. Who knows? But when you're actually in it and playing the game, everything is so well created down to like just the basic decorations around the house. It's it's absolutely gorgeous. I will say that the demo is incredibly short, so you didn't really get to see a lot of it. It just kind of set the mood for what was coming. And it Mm. definitely has a very creepy vibe. So you're returning back to your grandma's house, if I remember correctly. Uh, and uh, because your your grandparents have passed away and you're going there and uh, your dad's supposed to meet up with you. But in the middle of the night, you get a phone call from your father saying that he's at the hospital and he won't be able to make it that night uh, because the person or I think the, your grandmother or your mother was actually in the hospital and they found out that she didn't have an accident. She was actually strangled. And now you're in the area which where she was strangled, right? So it's pretty creepy. 
But while you are kind of exploring the house and walking around things, uh, some of the story beats start to unravel. You see a picture, there's a shrine with a picture of your grandfather above it. And he tells the story that his grandfather fell in the well and was killed, right? And they say it was an accident. And then if you go in the backyard, there's the well and you can interact with it. And he has a moment to himself where saying this is the well that grandfather died in, right? Like the fact that it's just right there, right? It's kind of creepy just seeing this well still. Um, but there's like chickens around the backyard too. And the one thing I will say is that he didn't react at all to this, which I was like, okay, there should have been at least a little bit of dialogue. But there's like three chickens running around. And if you go behind the chicken coop, there's like a bunch of chickens that are just straight up murdered. And there's just blood everywhere. Oh. And the guy's just like, whatever. He doesn't say anything. Eventually, like my guy was like, I'm thirsty. I should go back in the kitchen and drink some water. I went, what? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so Dead chickens are normal. <laughs> yeah, sure. Bloody dead chickens are normal. Whatever. Uh, but like, it definitely set a super, super creepy vibe uh, where you're just kind of like, it's very eerie. It's very quiet because it's a very rural town that is completely empty. And whenever you first get to the place, uh, the sun's still out, but it's setting. And I guess you had a long travel, so you want to rest for a little bit. So you take a nap. When you wake up, it's just completely dark and it's just very eerie and quiet. And one of the mechanics is turn on the lights, you know? So you have to go around to each room and find the light switch to turn it on. I'm like, fuck this. I can't. <laughs> like, I was already starting to get like kind of freaked out about it. But then, like, it kind of leads to you drinking some water, you see something outside, you go, and then the demo ends, right? So, Aww. yeah, so, like, right before it starts getting, like, really creepy, but you can tell this is going to be a game where you are chased a lot. There's some puzzles that you can see in the trailers of it, because, uh, you know, and the chasing is obvious whenever you walk up to a closet and interact with it, and your character instantly goes inside the closet and crouches, and I'm like, ah, oh, mm, it's one of these great but i don't know the visuals were amazing and i like the idea of incorporating the silkworm so the silkworm plays mm. very heavy within the um the actual story here uh and there's a like a tidbit that they are like a quote that they keep putting in the trailers itself um which basically just says the silkworm uh, is basically like cursed right for life and it's due to humans that it is cursed this way to live an existence of pain and suffering continuously. Because even though the silkworm goes into a cocoon, right, like a regular caterpillar, you would expect it to emerge a butterfly, but it doesn't. While it's in the cocoon, it actually lays its eggs and just dies. It perishes. Uh, and I didn't really look, I, I don't know if how, how true it is. I didn't really do any research on that. But uh, supposedly the silkworm has no mouth and it doesn't grow wings when it goes through metamorphosis. So it's just bred to produce silk and then reproduce and die. Like that's it, right? There, it's that. So I think that's where the idea of hollow cocoon comes from. It's a false sense of life. There is no transformation at the end of it, right? That kind of idea. So mm. it's, uh, I don't know. I really like the vibe of it. it. It's definitely one of those that this looks scary as hell and i don't know how well i'd be able to play it uh but it's it gorgeous gorgeous game obviously like the they really did spend a lot of time making it 
look amazing. So I'm pretty excited about this one, despite the demo being so short. Yeah, that was on my list to play. I think I actually have it installed, but it it definitely has a weird vibe to it. Yeah. It's kind of weird they didn't notice dead chickens, though. Yeah, that still throws me off. Like, uh, like I don't know. I feel like I would have reacted somehow, right? Like, that almost makes it seem like this happens all the time, <laughs> you know? Like, like, Yeah, or at least, like, play it off where it's like only you can see it. Right. right. Like, that would make sense, but. It, that would be an interesting mechanic, though. Like, if you, the player, can see something that the character cannot. That would be really interesting, actually. Yeah, it's kind of like what Silent Hill does, right? Where it's mm, like true. each person that's stuck in Silent Hill sees different things, right? Like how in Silent Hill 2, like James will see like these fucked up nurses, whereas like someone else will see like other kinds of creatures, right? Like because mm-hmm. it's specified on their traumas and thoughts. Like I really like that idea, but I feel like a lot of games that at least I've personally played, haven't really tackled that kind of thought, right? Where it's like, you see things, but others don't. Right. That's true. That's a good point. That'd be fun. It's like Hunter Hunter, right? That's what I liked about that show. Hmm. Was that, like, all this magic and, like, these demons and stuff like that has been around this whole time. And the way that that show starts, it's very, like, childlike, right? And it's very shonen, I would say, right? Uh, But Mm -hmm. as the kids start to learn about these things and then they learn how to actually view them and see it, then you, the viewer of the show, get to start seeing these things too. And I really like that that idea. It's very interesting. For me, before I get into my next fest uh, demos, I have one more game that I play that uh, as a full game. And this game kind of surprised me. Uh, I didn't really... I knew the developer. Like, I, I've played one of his other games before, and I enjoyed what I played. Uh, but it didn't click on me. What clicked on me was the art style, which is kind of what he does with his games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game's called After Dream. And... It's made by uh, Jesse McConan, Mm -hmm. and he did the Distraint games, which I know a couple years ago, I feel like they were kind of not big, but it was during that time that like 2D, like psychological horror games were kind of like, not getting bigger, but people were definitely like giving it a shot, right? Like... Mm -hmm. There was a couple of big ones like Lone Survivor and uh, Cat Lady and stuff like that. But I feel like with After Dream, it surprised me because at first when I played it, I was like, I don't know if this is going like, to pick up. Mm. Like it had a really interesting start where you realize you are in a dream, right? Basically, you're in a lucid dream but you also don't know what reality is. And the whole kind of premise behind this game is kind of dealing with, 
guilt, some trauma, but the moral of the story is like, you know, spend time with your loved one kind of thing, right? So basically, you're this character who wants to reconcile with your father who passed away. Um, and this game basically kind of takes you on that journey. Mm-hmm. And there's not really any like ways that you could die, right? Like it's basically kind of like, oh, let's walk into these different rooms, let's do puzzles. But the atmosphere in this game is just done so well for a, you know, side scrolling game. I feel like the atmosphere is hard to get in those kind of games. Right. But after finishing it, I was very surprised by how well uh, this game was not only written, but just the mood. Like, it it felt really well done. And it's not super long, but, you know, I think what's there was perfect. Like, it actually probably could have gone on a little bit longer, but the way it concluded... You know, I I thought it tied up everything pretty well, but just the interactions that you have with, like, characters in the dream world and, you know, with your therapist that you meet between, like, acts and stuff, it's, Mm -hmm. it surprised me. Um, I definitely think that, you know, when this game's on sale, like, I think it's worth a check out. Like, I, I genuinely liked it. Like. It's short, like I said. It's like maybe three and a half hours, but the puzzles are enjoyable. They're not super difficult, and yeah, I I really liked the look of this game a lot. Like it had a lot of that psychological thriller atmosphere from like Silent Hill, but mixed into this like smaller world. But, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by this game. I I love the psychological horror idea stuff. That's just so much fun. It's and, definitely and, become more my favorite style. It's just more impactful, right? Like, those jump scare games, it's, they're fun. But it, as far as, like, longevity, I, I can't sit down and play those games that long. <laughs> It just becomes a lot to deal with, and there's no downtime, right? And just anxiety ridden. <laughs> but with the psychological ones, they know how to pace it where you have a little bit of downtime to feel okay, to feel comfortable. And then they just come and hit you hard with something that's just super messed up and demented. Well, it's like comparing Resident Evil to Silent Hill. You know, right. like for me, like I prefer Silent Hill just because it's more like breathe in the world around you. Mm, true. Rather than like, I need to stab this zombie because I'm running out of bullets kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. But for Next Fest, I only really got around the two games. Um, I have a bunch downloaded that I I wanted to get to, but, you know, life picks up and it's hard to get to some of these. But two that kind of stood out to me, uh, one is called While We Wait Here. And it's part, like, food management sim, Mm -hmm. part, like, 
psychological kind of I would say maybe thriller. I wouldn't say it's horror, but it's a very interesting game. I don't know why, but I really love the look of it. Mm-hmm. It when you are immersed in like the little diner, it's not like high def. It has kind of this like older look to it, but the way the glass looks for some reason when you look out the windows just looks so good, like something you would imagine a diner in the middle of the desert to have. And that's kind of where the story takes place. You're this, you're in this little diner, um, basically at the edge of the world. And the premise is like, oh, you're stuck in this diner. Uh, if you try to leave, the world ends kind of thing. <laughs> and so you're meeting these weird characters that come into the diner. And it's cool. Like I, I thought it was fun. It's like, oh, make this character a cheeseburger. So I'm going in the back in the meat patty, coming out. You know, there's a dude wanting booze who gets like rude, and I really liked it because to me it just felt very lifelike. Uh, as I, I don't want to say as I get older, but as I play more <laughs> games, I've always kind of thought this way, but. Recently, I've really noticed it, and kind of like what um, uh, Warren Spector said, where you know it's like how he always wanted to make one city block and just create a very immersive game with that, mm-hmm. right? Like try to focus on that instead of a big open world. I am very glued into small scope games where it's like you know maybe a building or a city block Mm -hmm. because I know that it's going to be more impactful, right? Like we see that open world bloat. So when I see a game like this, that just basically takes place in your diner, I know I'm going to have an enjoyable time learning these characters quirks. And I liked it. Like the demo is not long. It's maybe an hour. If you're lucky, maybe less than that. Mm-hmm. But I really liked it. Like I, this is one of the few games that I am definitely keeping an eye on. You know, once it comes out, and yeah, it it definitely towards the end of the demo gets a little creepy. It definitely gets weirder as the demo goes on. So I'm very curious to see where it actually goes. Mm-hmm. I I really like the aesthetics of this game. It's very interesting looking and it almost feels like uh like purgatory, the game, right? Exactly. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm curious of where they're going to go with it and like how far they're going to take it. Cause it, it could be very, you know, there is something about that smaller game vibe where you just really flesh out a small community of people like a diner, right? And it's just mm-hmm. the people that are coming in and out of there. Because we, we play these games that are just so grand in scale. And me and you play a lot of them, right? With these JRPGs that we play and all that, like mm-hmm. massive titles out there where it's always save the world, the entire world. Sometimes you end up making it to space and fighting gods and all, right? Like it's it's always this, this huge grand scale. It's nice to to know and to see a game that has a much smaller scale, but just as rich of a story, right? 
because mm-hmm. that is somebody's world. Like that diner could be someone's entire life, right? Like there are people out there who have that been working the same job in a small town for their entire lives. That's everything, right? That's their entire world. So there, there's something really interesting about that and very, I don't know what the right word is for that, but it's it's comforting, I guess. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, the other one I played, which was very interesting, uh, this the thumbnail pulled me in. I, I'm usually a person that doesn't fall for cool thumbnails, but um, this game had a really interesting look to it. It's called Sons of Saturn, mm-hmm. and when I tried to look this up, I feel like no one's really talked about it that much, and it definitely has an interesting look to it. It's a uh, narrative adventure, first person. Kind of reminds me of those old school first person adventure games where you're like clicking on the screen or the arrows on the right side uh, to move. And the dialogue is a lot like the old school where it has a text box on the side, which, you know, in more modern terms, it looks like Disco Elysium's kind of dialogue Mm -hmm. like bar. And... This is a really interesting game. Um, the screens or the the ma- the world that you're going through, they're real life photos um, that the developer took. Uh, they're also an urban explorer. I think the name it's Charles Lawson, and basically he took these photos and kind of edit them, filter them, and you know make it more like a game. And it's cool because you can see the actual photos uh, like on the Steam page and stuff and see how different they look. And it's it's a cool idea. Like, I really like it because it, it does make it seem realistic. And it's very dialogue heavy, obviously. Um, and I really like, you know, the little bit that I played. I did get a crash uh, a little bit in, which is kind of a bummer. But it's an interesting premise because you so you wake up at the bottom of this like water waste tunnel and you're kind of like strung up like a marinette for some reason and you get woken up by this creepy little doll it looks kind of like an old cat plushie and obviously you find out later on that that was your plushie as a, as you were growing up but it's talking to you, it's snarky, and you go on this adventure with that and this dude that randomly shows up called the Ferryman, and he's supposed to guide you back to this underground like uh, city that you escaped from called Minerva. And what happened was you escape Minerva and left your mom behind. So now what you're trying to do is you're trying to make your way back to Minerva to figure out what happened, why you left your mom and to try and meet up with her. Hmm. And I think it seems really interesting. Um, I'm very curious to see uh, how it goes along because when I think like, oh, like the underground city, I'm like, how big is this game going to be? Right. You know, obviously it's, you know, it's not like it's going to be open world, but it's just like seeing the concept art for it. I'm like, damn, this underground city looks really pretty. Like, 
it, this is going to be a long game, but it it has an interesting premise, and I'm really curious to see where it goes because when I initially played this demo, I wasn't really won over on it. I I didn't really care for the dialogue too much, but as the day or two went by, I kind of thought about it, and I'm like, it's still a really cool like setting, and it is a little creepy. Like there's in the demo, there's really no horror, but there is creepy uh, imagery in it, which I kind of like that weird creepiness. Like it, for some reason, it gives me like weird '90s creepy vibes, mm. which I like. But um, this is definitely a game that I want to keep an eye on just to see like how it actually like comes together. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, these games are very hard for me to get into, too, so I'm trying to get more into these kind of games. I really like the fact that it's his own travels. I think that kind of adds to the creepiness factor that he (laughs) actually went to those areas and took photos of these places and then told this scary story so that you feel like, I mean, you could go visit this place, right, and relive that creep factor of what what you encountered in the game that's a very interesting touch and yeah I, I guess i would be curious of how extensive the game actually gets because that means that he had to have gone to a lot of places <laughs> right like mm-hmm. and explored a lot of tunnels if there's a whole underground area unless he's like warping the same picture over and over again right like which i guess you could do that right where you have like the same four and you end up going around in circles or right like repeating things and all that stuff just to kind of add to the general confusion of the game and everything like that so i'm curious it looks pretty cool all right well that's going to do it for us this week hope you guys have enjoyed as we continue our journey through spooky season finding different horror games for your entertainment to scare you to frighten you to keep you up at night and all that good stuff Uh, But we'll talk to you guys next week with some more spooky games as we continue on with the season itself. Uh, But until then, bye for now.